I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The Orange got beat with their own signature defense in Durham, making the last two regular season games all that more important. We'll let you know how Syracuse stands within the quadrant system after that lost. Post-Duke fan feedback and Joe's preview for Boston College as the Q's head to Chestnut Hill Wednesday, February 28th at 9. Let's go. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. All right, what's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you could please subscribe to whatever platform you listen on, that'll really help us out. We'll be in your library as soon as an episode is published. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family. Five-star review wouldn't hurt either. All right. Syracuse loses to Duke. Duke's 60 points marked a season low for the Blue Devils. Unfortunately, Syracuse couldn't capitalize on decent defensive play. Syracuse uh, fell to 18-11 overall, 7-9 in the ACC in front of 9,314 fans in Durham, losing 60-44 to number 5 Duke. Our, big, our, our three bigs were all but shut down. Battle led the team with 12 points. He was 4-for-12 from the field, 2-for-8 from 3, 2-for-2 two two from the line. Howard followed with 11 points, 4-for-14 from the field, 2-for-8 from behind the arc, and 1-for-2 one for two, one two at the line. Brissett was less than impressive with 6 points. Defense was key. Syracuse did hold Duke to 11% from behind the arc, which is excellent. 43% uh, from the floor, Duke shot. Bagley in his return led Duke with 19 points. He was 8 of 9 from the floor. Duke held the orange 24% behind the arc and 31% from the floor. Syracuse couldn't buy a whistle. They only shot six free throws. They made four of them. Finally, Syracuse turned the ball over uh, season-tying 17 times and was out-rebounded 37-33. Syracuse is now 0-6 when out-rebounded. Joe, um... It was uh, it was just about I guess what we thought. Let me hear your analysis and your give me your grade for the game against Duke. Well, my analysis is that we very well very well have seen the the national champions uh, this past Saturday, and that's kind of the way that I'm going to go. Uh, and I know you probably don't want to hear it, and a lot of people don't like Duke, but. Um, they do have a lot of talent, and I mean, just compared to us, talent and depth-wise, 
what they did Saturday wasn't really a surprise. Uh, it was a small win for the fact that we could hold them to 60 points and actually prove that our defense is worthy. But we do not have the offense to beat a team like that who's going to be able to play a defense like that. And um, I don't know if you want to – I'm sure there's people out there that are going to partly blame Bayheim for teaching it to them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, during, but, the, um, during the Olympics and such. Uh, yeah, but this yeah. is something uh, – Duke has been basically a team all year. And I know you've talked to your brother and I've talked to your brother. And he's a huge Duke fan and he follows it very you – know, like I follow Syracuse. So he knows what they're good at, what they're bad at. And he's pretty – um unbiased about it so he uh he knew that their defense was not good in man-to-man and they were young and he was hoping that it was just going to gel and get better but they were basically it was a race to outscore teams and they were they're a very high um high uh offensive team uh, offensively ranked team as soon as Bagley got hurt after that North Carolina game that team just they went strictly to 2-3 zone with a little bit of press every once in a while just like we do and compare them to a majority of teams out there and they have the talent and they have the depth. They got two top 10 draft picks. I, I believe with uh, Carter jr. And Bagley and they play a pretty mean looking two, three zone. And I talked about it last time when I was a, their last podcast um, talking about how I was a little nervous to see us playing against a team with equal or better talent in this case, better talent play a decent two, three zone against us uh, for a whole game. And we definitely do not have the offense to do that. And I hope it doesn't actually come back to bite us in future games because um, we did struggle with Eastern Michigan and some other teams this year scoring against two, three zones. So overall, I think that that's just that is that Saturday we saw a Duke team that nobody, um, nobody's seen yet because it was Bagley's first game back with him playing in the middle of that two, three zone and that defense, as you can see, I mean, it's legit, man. Yeah, it's good. So it's hard for me to even talk about the game just because of the fact that it's just This is a more that, difficult game to to talk about. Well, this this is a game that it's like like we talked about before, an opportunity. Right. And right. um obviously we didn't take uh, advantage of that opportunity. It. We blew it. Say it. I mean, like <laughs> we we def our defense definitely played good, holding yeah. that team to sixty points, holding them to their percentage, especially from the three-point line, was good. Uh, we didn't get to the free-throw line like we'd like. We lost rebounds only by a small margin, but nonetheless, we lost rebounds. Like you said, we had a bad turnover day, and I think we only went to the line six times to Duke 16. So when you really look at it, with 11 minutes to go after a Matthew Moyer um, free-throw, we were only down seven, I think, at that point. I mean, that's that's a game that you're in. You hit a couple shots, and you're right there. So up until the 11-minute mark, we were only down seven. Then they started plugging away, and they ended up getting it to 15. And uh, that was that was all she wrote as far as that was concerned. But there were some good things to take out of it. The worst the worst part about it is, is that uh, it comes at the end of the season when we're looking to pick up a signature win or at least a win so that it doesn't go against, you know, the L column to make the tournament. And yeah, and in this case too, again, as far they as were signature worse. wins go, you know, we're, um, we're hurting. It's not much yes. there. Yeah. But I, I, this is like one of those games where you kind of wish you would have played them earlier in the season. Yeah. I think they could have probably done better earlier in the season. I think it would have been and a closer he, game. Even, I don't know if they would have still if, won. But of course... Yeah, no, well, no, but still, I, I mean, historically, Duke 
they have a lot of turnover. They have a lot more turnover than we do. So to be able to play a team like Duke in the beginning of the season, true. Yeah, you know, we could maybe be able to catch them before they hit full stride or full strength. And again, I mean, if we'd have played them earlier in the season, then we most likely would have been playing against a man-to-man defense. Yeah, so who true. knows? And you know, but, Bagley was about out for four straight games and comes back to play against us. So you know, there's that too. That's just unfortunate for. That's just bad luck. So. Right, and I mean, you can argue the way that Bolden and Carter played if it really would have even mattered. Um, but I mean, you don't. I'd know. like to think you don't yes. Know. I would like, to, like think to think yes. yes. I would like to think yes too, because uh, the defense did shut shut down. You know, Allen's been the star of this uh, offense while Bagley's been out, and you know he scored six points. He was zero for six from behind the arc, and he only made three three out of nine from the field. So. You know, they did yeah. a good job there. He had six assists, you know, but Trent Trent Jr. is shooting like 40 plus percent is at, from the three point line in, in the ACC play. And he I don't think he, he hit one, I think, at the one, end of the he game. Was, he was one for six. Yeah, it was like right at the end of the game when he was yeah. wide open. Yep. So uh, what's your grade? Grade. I'm going to go B. What? Uh, oh, my gosh. What? You are crazy. How am I crazy? Again, like I said, I think I stay pretty consistent. You have an offense and you have a defense, so that's fifty percent and fifty percent. If you want to break it up more for hustle and you gave them a B you know. plus last game and they almost beat North Carolina. What's up? You gave them a B plus last game and they almost beat North Carolina. We were at home. Yeah. Well, true. Okay. All right. And honestly, like I said, I think just just by the eye test, Duke looked a whole hell of a lot better than North Carolina did. Uh, I don't know yeah, if it's well, yeah. just me, but... Uh, yeah, at certain points, yeah. At certain points, yeah. Uh, you know, Duke's offense struggled, too, in the beginning. Um, oh, yeah. Well, of course. But I don't really think... I, I don't know, man. Their big men didn't really look like they struggled too much at all. In no, but they, any they, part the, of the offense game. was... It started slow. It did. It started it did. slow. Um, so, anyway, uh, you get you. what would you decide? B? Yeah. B. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, what? Well, They're first, away at Cameron. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. First, okay, I've I I have a, I've had a love hate relationship with Dick Vitale since I was like eight years old. Okay, he get, he gets enough. Okay, I cannot I cannot handle that guy during a Duke game. Maybe it's the Duke thing. Maybe it's the Duke thing. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. He's obnoxious. He has trouble focusing on the game itself, and. Uh, I, I had to mute him, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to the pub. So I went to the pub, uh, yeah. and, and I watched the did second you half see? So he gets an F. Uh, yeah. What, well, did I see what? <laughs> I heard about five minutes of that game. I had to, I had to stop. I couldn't do it. But did I tell you that story about, um, about my coworker? He's a North Carolina fan. He was rooting for me, so he's going to watch the Duke-Syracuse game. He got about five minutes in, and he's like. <laughs> he couldn't handle him either, could he? Oh, he said, hey, man, I had to turn it. Couldn't handle the slurp fest. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then I read stuff about it, too. I only I didn't last that long, so I didn't even hear much. But the funny the funny thing was, is that right after he texted me that you texted me, I had to just I just muted Dickie V had to mute him. So it was funny. (laughs) It just happened simultaneously. And I was like laughing out loud. If it was at home, it's harder to mute uh, because like you, Joe, I like hearing the crowd. And that always gets me pumped. But he gets an, he gets an F. On to the game, though. Uh, Battle, Howard, and Brissett, they combined for uh, 10 of 39 for 29 points overall. We can't win like that. 
nope. we can't win like that. Uh, the Orange committed 17 turnovers. That I mentioned that was tied for the most this year. The other one was against Kansas. Duke turned those 17 turnovers into only 10 points, though, which is, I mean, you have that many turnovers, you, you expect more points out of it with an offensive team like Duke. So, uh, once again, that's the defense showing up. Syracuse, on the other hand, they didn't convert a single point out of the 10 turnovers that Duke committed. So, though I think the defense did a pretty good job, we need more muscle down low. Once again, we know that's been the story of the year with those mm-hmm. big guys down there. Um, and if we're not getting killed by the three, we're getting killed in the paint. Duke scored 36 of its 60 points in the paint. And I mentioned Grayson Allen. He's been killing it. He didn't do much. Uh, the defense, But he didn't have to do much because they their game plan was to get it to, to Bagley. So, uh, you know, I gave him. I gave him. I gave him a. I gave him a D plus, man. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How? Well, well be, because because that was pathetic. Mm-hmm. It was pathetic offensively. I thought that. I thought that we could have kept it way closer than that. It was very reminiscent of UVA. I gave him a F for UVA because that was at home. That was the only difference. It's very reminiscent of UVA. Yeah, well, they just they held them to they forced them into a jump shooting team, and we need to be able to drive first. Yeah, before exactly. we open up. I mean, we have to be able to hit more shots, obviously. But uh, like I said, I mean, to hold to hold the team to their their point, their lowest point total at home at sixty points, I think, uh, like I said, is a small feat I in itself. The, I gave the I would I would have never been able to give them under a C, a C plus. Okay, well, I did. <laughs> I know that. Sorry, sorry. It's all good. I know, I know. Sure, it's terrible. I, but you know, I graded them right after the game. I I I figured all this out. So anyway. Uh, real quick, there oh, was so there was a, went into that. Okay. a little bit, a little bit. There there was a moment in the press conference that was you know joke, supposed to be a joke, and it had to be explained. And when you have to explain a joke, it's just not funny. So I, I don't think that Coach K should really be allowed to play zone. And I'm surprised that he would even do that. I think it's uh, there should be something said about that. Questions. Awkward. That was a joke. No, <laughs> no. Oh, now they laugh. No questions. I can go. <laughs> I mean, come on. These people are so terrible. They are. They are. Yeah. yeah. The, the guy. I know he's dry, but come on. Would you, they thought he was serious. Anyway, uh, Joe. Final thoughts. Well, here on he is Duke. complaining again. Yeah. Exactly. Well, whatever. Uh, Final thoughts on the Duke game, Joe. We like again. I, to me, I've watched a lot of college basketball this year, and Duke playing that two-three zone is the best that I've seen. So, uh, so like I said, can't really take too much out of it. We we jumped up a bunch in our strength of schedule. Uh, and just we've got a now BC looks more and more like a must-win. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and we'll get into that in just a second. But just to wrap this up, both teams combined for. Zero for 20 from three-point land in the first half. Duke missed uh, its first 15 threes. Uh, they almost missed their uh, their streak that was extended when uh, Trayvon Duvall made one. The streak is at uh, 1,013 games with a three-pointer. The Blue Devils held four straight opponents to 57 points. Syracuse, obviously, well below that. And also, Duke leads the series now. They have the edge at 6-5. and five. All right, Joe, before we start the quadrants, I want you to break down the quadrants, but first I got a question for you from Brandon. He says, do you think any of these teams mentioned in the latest FBI report will forfeit an NCAA tournament berth 
And if they do, will that cement our way into the tournament? I think that's the one that was on Facebook, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yes. So I did put I did put a little bit of an answer in there in which I don't I didn't know if the um, the report was going to come out or not, but I don't know if it's going to take that. Uh, I think that once more information comes out, then I think schools just start to comply. So I guess it just really just de- depends on um, what the FBI finds and if they find truth be told. Uh, just to, for example, it looks like Sean Miller's done coaching at Arizona, and um, they're probably going to look more into see if there was some money exchanging. Um, hands to Aiton because if he took money then every single game he played in is is going to be uh, a forfeit and it's not going to count so if it gets to a point here within the next couple of weeks to where FBI can make some type of um if they can find out whether or not these things happen or not and, and if they weren't just hearsay then I think their NCA and the schools are going to have no other choice but to I mean, I don't know if the NCAA is going to put them in because if you have an ineligible player, then every game you played in was ineligible, which would mean that team is not eligible to play in a tournament. So, yeah, they um, really have to it's wrap gonna, it up. Though, it's going to come all the way down to timing, but it's yeah. looking like now, unlike the NCAA, it doesn't look like there's going to be a report. This is more or less like the FBI is reporting it as they find it, and um, depends on how fast they can do it. Yeah. Otherwise, it just seems like there's just going to be a lot of teams that are going to make the tournament, which will end up their appearances won't even be counted. In the future, so right. All right, quick, give us the quadrant breakdown, buddy. Uh, quadrant breakdown. You know, I always start off with the uh, the RPI and strength of schedule. We didn't move in RPI. We stayed at forty six, uh, and this is current as far as uh, today, after last night's <clears throat> and yesterday's games. Um, our strength of schedule is when it has gone up to fifteen. Wow, that's a big yeah. jump. Yeah, about the same jump. Uh, North Carolina, about seven, seven, seven yeah, eight spots. Yeah, so twenty two, I think. Right. I don't know if you can really argue with that strength of schedule, and it's only going to get better. Uh, right now, from compared to last week, Quadrant 4 stayed the same. We're still 5-0. and oh. Quadrant 3 jumped up from 7-1 seven to seven and one to 7-2. and two. Wake Forest has actually currently dropped uh, here last week. Yep. So now the, the away game at Georgia Tech and the away game at, at Wake Forest are two Quadrant 3 losses, but 7-2 and two there. Uh, which means that one of our losses from quadrant two dropped and our quadrant two this week is looking at, at four and two. And then uh, obviously the Duke was a quadrant one game. So we jumped from two and six from last week in quadrant run to, uh, to two and seven. Yeah. It's, so, you know, it's, it's bleak. We're, it's the, the, the top quadrant one is weak, but again, going to Clemson and, uh, if we can go to Clemson and we can get that W, that's still going to look like that's going to be a quadrant one win. And we will be probably end up, if we do win that, being three and eight or three and seven overall with quadrant one wins and all of them being away, you know, road games against Miami, Louisville, and, and Clemson. Hopefully those will all uh, kind of count a little bit more. So the four and two in, in quadrant two and, um, and then, you know, going 12 and two in quadrant three and quadrant four. Again, Wake Forest falling hurts, but. Yeah, that's the uh, the wrap up so far this week. So obviously, again, it's fluid. It's going to change every night. Yep, um, and we'll uh, obviously we'll do the update for that again after Wednesday's game. So real quick, Joe, last question on the quadrant stuff: Do we have to win out? In your opinion, do we have to win out? 
a lot, I, a lot of quiet. I don't think I don't think we have the question. <laughs> the problem is, is that we still have the ACC tournament. I know. Now, you, I know. You go in the ACC tournament and you go and you win two games and play a third and, and jump your RPI and strength schedule up and play possibly a, you know, one of the top four teams in the in the conference again. I mean, it's hard to believe that you might not get in as long as we get one of these wins. But again, it's, there's a lot of other variables. There's, you know, teams that <laughs> depends on the teams around us and behind us, uh, what they do. And again, it also depends on if if teams like Middle Tennessee State and Nevada and uh, Loyola Chicago can uh, can win their conference tournament and not. There's those three teams right there. If, if it keeps going the way that it is, uh, they're getting in regardless if uh, they win their conference tournament or not. So it, it would help us th- if they won their tournament, though. Well, of course. Well, if they don't win their tournament, then they're still going to get in, and then another team from their conference that wouldn't have gotten in otherwise is going to see. That's how bubbles are stolen. Right. Exactly. So every every time that happens, then you might as well just take that last team that's in and make it the first team out. Uh, so yeah, it really depends on a lot of that. And the championship weeks are are starting. I think this week. So, yeah, they they do. They start this week. Everything, almost everything's done by Saturday. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, that's it. All right, go to facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Give us a thumb up there on Facebook, or you can go to Twitter at Cuse Nation Show at Cuse Nation Show, and um, we can be found there. As you can see, that's relatively new. I forgot our handle. So, so uh, I'm on there more. Uh, we're trying to get Joe on there. He, he acts like he's too busy for all this stuff. All right. Busy Joe, man. Joe uh, Dustin says, if everyone stays next year, will be nice. Yeah, we've talked about that. Um, might as well mention the reason I mentioned this is because it was in the news again. That battle was not in uh, first round for the mock draft again. Yep. So. That's why we bring that up. Scott says, worst offensive cues team in Bayheim era. If the ne- if next year's class is not a hit, this program is in big trouble. And Tim replies doing yeoman's work. He says, Really? You don't know you don't know about next year's class? So, you know, that's just the you know, some people do, some people don't realize what kind of class we got coming in, plus if if some guys stay. So Well, that's has a lot to do with it, is if some guys stay. Exactly. exactly. That's really what it comes down to. Um, Danny says this this season is not over yet. They still have a slim chance of making the NCAA's. If they can win their last two regular season games and at least two games in the ACC, they will be okay. And everything else, um, it's the NIT for the second year in a row, if not. So it's that's not a, true. Well, it's not totally true, but we had just talked about winning out. I don't know if you need to win out, like you said, Joe. To your point, if they can take some NCAA or some ACC tourney games too, right? So, right, right now they're an 11 seed. By the way, in that, that if it ended today, what with bracketology? Wait, no, no, no. In the ACC tournament. Oh yeah, in the ACC tournament. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they would play. They don't get. A, they wouldn't get a bye. They'd be playing on the first day. Right, would probably would give them a better chance of getting two two wins. Exactly. That's why I wasn't that upset with it. Right, but still, that first win—it's that's kind of a that's a that's a scary one because you could possibly lose that game and make it even worse. See, I definitely think that we have a good chance to win both these next games. Um, I think so too. I think it's and I think that if tight, we win but... these two games, like you've been seeing the um, the trend. I mean, the, when I was checking on uh, the bracketology, we were in 
like one of the last four teams in. Then we lost to North Carolina, and we were still one of the last four teams in. And then we just lost to Duke, and I think we fell to like the first or second team out. So we're right there. And when we, if we, if we were to beat Boston College, then that would be a decent win. I mean, it's on the road, uh, so that's not going to hurt us. And other people might lose, and obviously the Clemson game would be just icing on top. So. I uh, I think going into the ACC tournament 20 and 11, we would be in very, very good shape. Um, we definitely wouldn't be the 11 seed. And as long as we won that first game, then I think we'd be fine. Um, Jeff says a point spread is, was 14 and Duke puts up a puts on press to win to win by 16. Not that bad. Uh <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a good point, but I mean, they did they did clear the spread. They did press a lot too. They pressed right from the beginning, uh, which was you know. I think what he's trying to say is that that should have that should have been the expectation. It, well, and that it, was the odd that was the odds makers' expectations. Exactly, and, and they pressed you know. almost the whole entire game, and, and and you know they did cause some turnovers. They the mid core turnovers is what kills. It, that's like a dagger yeah. to a fan. You know what I mean? Well, and they got a lot of they got a lot of easy baskets by just beating us down court too. Yeah, they did. There was one. Um, I don't want to mention who it was because I'm not sure. But uh, it's probably Sadibi. No, someone gave up chasing Allen one time. Uh, it did, no. it, it, they didn't even try. I don't remember who it was. Um, Carl says when the other team has double-digit dunks and you have double-digit turnovers, you will not dance. Well, I mean, no, you, you, will, you will not win, win that, that game. game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know if one game is gonna. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, Greg says win next two, both winnable games, then reset for conference tourney. That's a level head for you, Greg. I agree. Yeah. Good job. Uh, Dennis, like watching the NBA team take on a – like watching the NBA team, a NBA team take on a high school squad. Um, no, not really. <laughs> not really. I don't think so. I think that would be a disaster for us anyway. I, Duke would get crushed by an NBA team. I mean, come on. Don't be so hyperbolic all the time. Yeah. Um, Mary says, sanctions put us in the toilet. <laughs> uh, Joe? I agree. I 100% agree. <laughs> Nicholas says, we've been spoiled with great Syracuse teams. That's a Joe point. He mentions that yep. all the time. Uh, with the NCAA sanctions, we've been decimated. Yeah, you know, what was the first year Joey made to the Final Four when it hadn't really affected us too much, and then here we are two years separated from that. And yeah, but the year before the final four, we had to self, we did, whatever the, we did, we, we took ourselves out of the tournaments. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you look at it, the lowest that this program has been because of this and the sanctions is what all in the same situation that year that Christmas was there, but we uh, self-imposed sanctions. We were right there on the bubble. We weren't even allowed to play in the ACC tournament. So that's one of those things where we were right there. It, we could have possibly made the tournament that year. We would have been close. And who knows if we could have stuck a couple out or gutted a couple out if those kids knew that they had a chance to make a postseason. So, yeah. And then what was it? Last year when we were right there on the bubble, this year right there on the bubble. And you're, talk, you're talking about these are the tough years through sanctions? I mean, come on. That's how spoiled we are. It's ridiculous. It's like we're on the bubble. You have teams that – I mean, the other – a couple years ago, Nebraska made the tournament for the first time in like 20 years. Like, you know, pump the brakes. We're right there in the bubble. We're competitive. Yeah, we're not the Syracuse of old, but we don't have full scholarships. That's what sanctions are. They're meant to harm the program. It's a punishment. It's a punishment. It's called the punishment for a reason. Right. And if if this is the worst of it, 
and now next year's sanctions are gone, and now we have a top 10 recruiting class. If we get, as long as the cupboard that we have right now, or whatever we have in the cupboard right now, doesn't leave or transfer, then we're going to be right back to where we were. So, yeah, and we're, we're spoiled, but you can't blame. I mean, in, in a, there is a, in some sense, you can't blame uh, uh, fans for being upset because they're spoiled. In the, in the, let's be honest too, and not to relive it, but. The punishment didn't fit the crime, so there's that. But either way, know? there's a pun. There was a punishment, and anybody who didn't think that there wasn't going to be any repercussions out of it was naive. Yeah, no and one I in the mainstream little... talks about it, though, Joe. No one ever says. No one on TV. I have never heard anybody mention. You know, Syracuse is in their third year sanctions, and they're actually Jim Beheim's doing actually a pretty good job for what he's got. You never hear that. No, you don't, because we had that one year where we got self-imposed in the very next year. We made we it to the Final Four. made the Final Four run. So yeah. that made it look like, oh, he can make the Final Four in sanctions. Well, that was still we, – we still had a team full of older guys with some good young talent. Yeah. Or maybe it's because our young talent's leaving and going pro and we're getting a first-round draft pick every year still. Like, I don't know. But either way, the public perception is that it's not affecting it. But now, three years later, we have no depth. Yeah, it's taken it's taken a toll, but it it ends this year. All right, Joe, the uh, Syracuse Orange are heading to Chestnut Hill to face Boston College Wednesday, February twenty eighth at nine p.m. Jeez, another nine o'clocker. Yeah. So uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a must win. We have to win this game, in my opinion. We have to win this game. Um, not in not talking anything to have to do with the ACC tournament. I feel like this is a must win. Yeah, I would have to agree just based on the timing, not to say that it's not going to be a difficult game. This is going to be just as difficult a game as going to Wake Forest or going to Georgia Tech. Um, probably more difficult. We did uh, the first time we met this year at home, we beat them 81 63. Uh, battle had a pretty good game and, uh, we had five players in double digits that game. So we were kind of working on all cylinders. Obviously we scored 81 points and, um, Boston college looked, they looked like a better team back then. Uh, they're on a three game losing streak right now, which is one thing that does scare me. Um, they, uh, they're currently 16 and 13, uh, six and ten in the conference, so they were sixteen and ten, and still in a position to possibly make a run for a bubble type team. So, again, they aren't they aren't the easiest team. They're uh, led by Jerome Robinson, who's averaging twenty five points a game in ACC play. I think he's leading the conference. He's shooting real, real good. Uh, Kai Bowman with his red Fraggle Rock hair, he's uh, always a threat, and he mm. put up a pretty good game against us last time. Yeah, uh, Chapman. Is another another guy that kind of scares me because he's a good three point shooter. He was hitting some against us uh, at home, but he was in foul trouble and fouled out. So I kind of look for him to maybe have a revenge game um, because I think he had. I think he thought, and honestly, I thought there's a couple unfair ones there too. But uh, that he kind of got done dirty in that game and didn't get to put his stamp on that game. So um, and again, talk about a hungry team who's lost three straight. It's not going to be an easy game, but I would like to think and hope that based upon these last two games with us and um, how they've went and knowing what we need to do now, you know, you're going to get a little bit more sense of urgency, hopefully from our team. And uh, 
I'm looking for for ties, but pretty much everybody to come back and have a better game. I want the big guys to have a better game, even though some of them look big, uh, banged up, uh, especially Brissett. I think he's going to be pretty upset at, his, at how he played. Um, first time he actually looked like a freshman this year was against Duke, and yeah. uh, Jim Baham said something about that too. So they basically we just said go- he looked like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we got we we have to go down there and we have to. Uh, and we have to, to take care of business because at Clemson, or sorry, we're home against Clemson last game, right? So yeah. the last game against Clemson is going to be no joke. So I think, you know, just, you know, my, my, the way that I go about it, just one game at a time, um, see where we are now. So you've seen what we, where we've gone, you know, where we, we've only moved a couple spots backwards in the last two losses. So they haven't really hurt us that much. Again, it's just, we're now we're running out of opportunities for wins. So Let's go in and, and hopefully get this W, and um, I uh, just wait to see where the chips fall come Saturday because by that time we'll know what other teams have done around us, and who knows, maybe that win puts us right back in a playing game type thing, and you, you know we just we just don't know where we're going to be and where other teams are going to be. So, But if we lose on Wednesday, um, it's definitely going to be time to hit the panic button. Yeah, I would say that we exactly when and we haven't hit the panic button yet. I don't think, um, I don't think we've had to. To be honest no. with you, with even with all the negative talk and everything, it hasn't it hasn't it hasn't been time yet. But it can happen just like that, and it's if they lose against Boston College. So uh, yeah, there's just been a lot of people talking about NIT this, NIT that for the last month, going back and forth, and we have go on some skids, and we win a couple of this, this, and that, and. The realistic part is, is that in the last month, I mean, we haven't really moved anywhere from, I mean, what, a 10-11 seed in, inside the tournament to first team out, yeah. kind of back and forth and back and forth. I mean, we're a bubble team. We know that we're a bubble team. We've talked about the or, you know the inefficiencies that we have on this team, and, and we knew that we had kind of a, a tough schedule, second-half schedule in the ACC, and we went to Louisville and took care of business, went to Miami and took care of business. Obviously, some games we should have been able to take advantage of at home and some other ones we should have won that we, we kind of let get away. But here we are. Yeah, we we're beat, still we in We beat it. Boston College, and we're still right there. We yeah. ain't going anywhere. And, and Clemson's at home. So, right. And that is a Saturday 2 o'clock game. Should draw, should draw a decent crowd. But, and I'm not, trying better. To, I'm not trying to look ahead. It is no. imperative to beat Boston College, and uh, that's what – Syracuse is focusing on, so uh, hopefully they can get it done. And I think they can. They've won some yeah. tough games on the road this year. They Louis- have. Louisville, Miami, uh, yeah. that Georgetown game was an overtime game. I mean, I know Georgetown has slipped fairly uh, terrifically, but still still a tough game. So No, yeah, and we've grown up a lot offensively, True. I think. I mean, we're yeah. still not far, far, far from above average or average, but – um, we still have some guys in some spots that can't make those plays, but we figured out how to kind of take advantage of some of the things and how to um, get our big big three uh, the points and to get other people involved and stuff like that. So um, I think that our offense, if, if we were to go to Wake Forest or to Georgia Tech um, at this point, then I think that, that, that we would be able to beat them. So um, we just got to hope for the best, man. Just yep, hope, for the, hope best. for the best, and we will be back. We'll try to get back Thursday. We were a, we were a day late on this one, but we'll try to get back Thursday, and um, if we can, we'll we'll uh, talk about it. Hopefully, it's a win. 
So that's it. Go to Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Cuse Nation Show. And that's it for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.